2: Goes. Motto of the show, let your freak flag fly. Probably
1: the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain.
0: Here is your host, Kathy.
1: Hi, welcome to the Strict Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the podcast on Instagram or Twitter, follow me at Strict Anonymous. I think I have a Facebook page. I rarely go on there. I hate Facebook. You should too. It's dead in the water. Forget about it. It's so I don't know, 10 years ago. (laughs) Anyway, I like Instagram though. So follow me there at strict anonymous. If you're on a podcast app, make sure to follow me and subscribe to my show on YouTube. Give me five stars if you love my show. If you're just listening for the first time, today is fetish Fridays. I save every other Friday. I think I'm going to commit now to two Fridays a month. Or every other week, right? Bi-weekly, how do you want to say it? Where I will give you a fetish Friday episode, a specific niche fetish. That's what we will be discussing on fetish Fridays. I have a really good one for you today. But if you have a fetish and want to be on the show, or you have an interesting secret life that you want to talk about and you want to be on the show, send me an email. Strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com or just go to my website strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. So today I have on a guy named Trevor. Trevor wrote in and when he wrote in I was super excited because he was like, I am into A B D L. That is a specific niche fetish. The adult baby and diaper lovers fetish. Now, listen, I've been doing my show for a long time. I recently had on a guy who was into diapers. He had that fetish, but it wasn't really the adult baby thing so much. And that was a super great episode. I think that's how Trevor found my podcast because he found that episode first. But he wanted to call in to talk about this because he's really into the whole adult baby thing as well. You know, he gets into all these other, all the other paraphernalia that goes into that fetish. Is that correct? That The way I'm saying it? I, don't, I never know. Listen, I do my show because I'm just like curious and I'm always learning. This is not my fetish, but I loved talking to Trevor because I'm a curious person and I learned all about this fetish. So either you're going to be listening because you're like me and you're curious or you have this fetish and you're going to be super happy to hear from Trevor because you're going to be able to relate to him. We go all the way back. Because that's what I like to do. We start from the beginning. Like, when did he get this fetish? Where does he think it comes from? Like, how did it play out? When did it turn sexual? Is he married? Yes, he is. And his wife knows about his fetish. How did she find out? How did she feel when she found out? Like, how did those conversations, those initial conversations go? And how does that fetish play out in his marriage, in their intimate life? Like, how far does she go with him? And what has he done on his own or behind her back to get himself off? He has seen a pro mommy. What is a pro mommy? I didn't know. He told me what a pro mommy was, is. Hopefully she's going to come on the show. He told me he'd reach out to her and see if she'd come on the show. But he talks all about the pro mommy that he saw. He talks about all about, is it, like I said, his fetish, where it came from, how it played out, all the paraphernalia and other things that he uses, you know, because other things come into play here, like baby bottles and stuff. I mean, he the high chair, the baby bottles, the bibs, all that stuff. We talk about it. So let's get to it. I'm going to be right back on with Trevor.
0: This is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast.
1: Hey, Trevor, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today?
2: I'm good. How are you? Thank you.
1: I'm good. So, Trevor, you called in because you were like, I think I have a topic you've never spoken about before. ABDL, I think, is the acronym for it. You're going to explain what it is. And I was like, oh, I'm starting this Fetish Fridays series where I do like very specific fetishes, stories of people with specific fetishes on that day. So why don't you explain what ABDL stands for and then get into your story?
2: Okay. Well, ABDL stands for adult baby and diaper lover. Some people are all of the things, all an adult baby and diaper lovers. Some people are only diaper lovers, so there's kind of a break in the two. For me, I think it was, like many fetishes and like many things, it was rooted very early on at a young age, obviously before I even knew what sex or uh, a fetish was or anything. In fact, I think it goes all the way back to one of my very earliest memories. You know, you don't have really any memories of when you were a child or a toddler, but I I do have a, a few memories from back then that I think were the seeds and over time they just germinated into what is today you know the the full fetish the first of them being I was really young toddler age and I have a memory of being at an Italian restaurant with my family and we had friends in town and my mom insisted that I be in a high chair and wear a bib well being the big boy that I thought that I was. I didn't want to be in a high chair, and I didn't want to wear a bib, and especially I didn't want to be these things in front of our, you know, friends that were from out of town or whatever. So I remember it being a kind of a fight that I didn't want to sit in a high chair, and I didn't want to wear a bib, but obviously my mom, you know, being that it was an Italian restaurant, spaghetti, and was going to be messy, she insisted, and so I just remember that. I lost the battle. I sat in the high chair and I had a bib on. And so that memory just kind of stands out. Another memory was when I was in kindergarten. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all uh, all the kids are playing house and stuff. And I was chosen again, specifically remember the, the, the day in the incident. I was chosen as the baby. It wasn't something that I wanted to be, but it was also something that I didn't want to be. It turned out that I liked it. The school that I went to also was like a daycare and a nursery and stuff. So they had babies and all the baby gear and high chair and stuff. So I was chosen one day to, to be the baby and I was put into a high chair and I was put a bib around my neck and stuff. And so I think those are kind of two early on memories that just kind of set the seed uh, later on when I was like in around second grade, I think is when it really started to take hold. One day I found a a box of old baby clothes in my closet that my mom had put away, and on the very top were like three or four bibs, and something just got in my head to, to try the bibs on, and it was something that I loved. And so I started wearing the bibs, obviously, you know, behind closed doors and in private. Also, about this time, I used to go to a babysitter after school, and... We would ride in her car, and this was kind of before the days of seatbelts being a a big thing and stuff. And so myself and the other kid that were in the back, we were, you know, monkeying around or whatever. And I remember her saying, hey, if you don't, you know, sit down and behave, I'm going to put you in the the car seat. And I, I took that as a challenge, so I continued to monkey around, and she put me in the car seat. So here I am. I was obviously kind of big for the car seat at the time, but there I was as a second grader, seven years old or whatever, and being made to to ride in a car seat. And so I think all of those just kind of sealed the fact that I liked baby things. And all, although I didn't really know that was the beginnings of a baby fetish, when I was old enough to ride a bike and go down to the store, uh, I would save up, save up my money and ride down to the to the local store and, and buy a bib every now and again. And it was just kind of something that, that grew over, over time. But that's kind of how, you know, that's kind of how it started.
1: And then it never stopped. So when does it turn sexual?
2: It turned sexual probably when I was in high school mm-hmm. and, and hitting puberty and discovering that the bib was something that it turned me on. And then, you know, when I discovered, you know, masturbation and all that kind of stuff, it was just an object that I didn't really understand at the time. And at that time, there was, there was no internet, really, there was internet, you know, probably internet came around when I was in high school, A senior in high school was when I finally got it, but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I thought I was literally the only person beyond the age of about three in the world that liked to wear a bib. And then when I got to college and had my own computer and, and had my own access to the internet, I, there was a, uh, I was watching Jerry Springer waiting to go, go to class. And there was actually an episode on adult babies on Jerry Springer. And a lot of, a lot of the older ABs will know about this. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a black eye for the community because it was, you know, your standard Jerry Springer subject of the show was not portrayed in a good light. Mm-hmm. The very end of the show, you know, the the adult baby that was on said, just Google adult baby. You'll find us everywhere. Or maybe he didn't say Google, maybe search us on the Internet or whatever. And so I went to my computer and I, I think I, I typed in Yahoo search engine or something, adult baby, and discovered an entire world. And I also discovered that I was not the only one in the world that had this, that had this desire, that had these, you know, these feelings that had this, this want to, to wear baby things and and be a baby. But initially, initially everything was surround, was all the feelings and everything was surrounded by just wearing a bib. I don't know why that is. It's just kind of the first baby thing that that I found. And and even to this day, it's still my very favorite baby item. Although I'm, you know, I have lots of other baby items and I, and I do lots of other things in the fetish where other, you know, clothing items and such kind of the bib is where it started and the bib is still my favorite thing. And I have a collection of many, many bibs.
1: Now, let me ask you this before we, but I like that you're just going in chronological order, you know, and we'll get to where you are now. But I do want to know, is this something that the person that you're with, are you married or does a, does your wife know about this fetish of yours?
2: Yes, I I am married. My wife now and then girlfriend, she discovered, she discovered, I I used to have like a big Kind of a duffel briefcase thing that I kept my baby stuff in. Yeah. In my room in college. And she discovered it one day while I was in the shower. She was hanging out in my room. So that was not a great day. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I had that day to do over, if I had that day to do over again, I would, I would do it differently.
1: You would um, hide it better?
2: What do you mean? No, I would, <laughs> I would, uh, I would be upfront with her and, and try and find the ability to, to, to come out to her about it, because I think that it would have gone differently. So she was really upset about it at first. She didn't like it. She would kind of let me play with it a little bit, but it was still very much a negative you know, aspect, and it, it wasn't a great thing. Well, she, since then, has, has become to accept it more and more, and now today although it's not her favorite thing she knows that it's kind of a part of me and and she does accept it and she does allow me to play she will put me in a diaper she will put me put a bib on me occasionally she will even you know dress up and, and wear one herself is very rare and i see th- i just think that had i been uh, honest with her and upfront with her and, and introduced it to her myself, I think it would have been uh, a better scenario.
1: Right. Because of that initial time when she caught you, I mean, you obviously cop to it because moving forward, you said you have, you know, she has warned, she knows that you do. So how, like, how did you not, like, what did you not tell her that day?
2: I don't think there was anything that I didn't tell her. I think that I was just probably not as honest that it was something that I liked as much as I did and that it was something that I had been into for a long time and that it was something, and maybe I didn't even really understand it myself because it was still pretty, it was still pretty new, Mm -hmm. you know, in my discovering of the fetish in the, in terms of like, Hey, I'm not the only one that has this fetish. I'm not the only one in the world. And since then the the whole fetish and everything has really blossomed on the internet. But back then there were only a few sites that you could go to, to find this type of content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it was still new. I didn't really understand it. All I knew was that I enjoyed it, that I liked it, that it brought, pleasure to me but she felt betrayed ultimately she wished that I had been honest with her about it so it's not that she doesn't like the baby stuff and it's not that she said hey it's either me or the baby stuff she just felt that well I feel that since it kind of went off as an explosion you know from from the very beginning it's just been an uphill battle and again today, she doesn't mind it. She'll. I, I'll ask her, "Hey, would you mind, you know, putting a diaper on me?" Or, "Hey, you know, I'll pull out a bib and and wear it during dinner." And she doesn't really mind. I, I sometimes can even put a bib on her, and she just kind of rolls her eyes, but she goes along with it, and, <laughs> right, yeah. and she and she plays and she plays with it. But it's not something that she's ever going to. Initiate herself, and it's not something that's necessarily ever going to be a, a positive or fun thing to her, which is, you know, unfortunate for me, but it's, it's my fault. And if I could go back and do it again and, you know, in my online presence and stuff, when people come up with these questions of what should I do and stuff, I'm always an advocate for being upfront and honest in the beginning because it's never going to go away and it's never going to turn from a negative to a positive. And that's kind of a, I'm using a never, I'm, I'm saying never, but just in my experience, I've I've not been able to switch it from the negative side to the positive side.
1: Yeah, but that might not be your. But that might not be your problem or your. It, it, that might not be because of what happened. Listen, you're, this is so many years later. You're talking. Your wife has never come around. I do not think. I know you have it framed in your head that it's because of the way she found out and everything. That so many years later, you know, she still is not into it. And if you could rewrite, you know, how that went down.
0: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com.
1: She would be totally down for it, but I don't think so. I think, you know... And, and this goes for a lot of different fetishes That sometimes some the, your partner is not into it It's not what turns them on Just like it is specific to you It's just not to her And you can't necessarily change those things It would be like her saying to you Turn it off Like just don't be into that anymore You could never do that, right? Just like she can't maybe turn it on for herself So that's... I agree You know, so it's probably not like... You could ever... It's not because of the way that went down. I think you're lucky that she found it very early on in your relationship. I mean, she did. And she decided, you know, maybe she can't accept that part of you or she's not that into it, but she's into every other part of you. She married you. She's still with you to this day. But that's something that she just can't get into. But she does get into it for you, just not for herself. But I don't think... And I think I'm just saying the
2: same thing over and over again. But I,
1: I don't think it's because of the way the conversation went down.
2: She is kind of a vanilla mm-hmm. at heart. You know, she she has a few things that really, you know, turn her on and stuff. But for the most part, it's me that has to initiate anything else beyond just regular missionary sex.
1: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm.
2: I have a pretty big kinky inventory You know, I like Mm -hmm. not only, you know, baby things. I like, you know, bondage and some other things, Uh, but that's all me. And it's not anything that she doesn't like per se. It's just something that I am the one that has to initiate. And I'm the one that has to present it to her in a, in a fashion that she enjoys. She's not going to be the one that initiates it. She's not going to be the one to get it going, but it's just her. And, uh, you know, that's how I've lived with, with the the baby fetish, but today she accepts it. It's just kind of the other thing in the room when she gets really into the mood and we're, we're having an intimate time. She'll pull, she'll pull a bib out because she knows that that puts me into overdrive and, you know, that helps. But sometimes I also, you know, respect her boundaries and I know, Hey, the last two times, We've had sex or whatever. I've pulled toys out of the drawer. So this time I need to respect her and just have, you know, an intimate night, just us without any of of the kinks or the toys or anything like that. So I try and consciously maintain a balance so that it's not all about me and my fantasies and my fetish and, and my toys and such like that.
1: I think that's important, and I think that that's smart because I think a lot of times when I'm talking to a guy with a, a fetish, a lot of times it's my pantyhose guys that are into pantyhose or other fetishes. They they do get from their partner, like you know, the reason why they hesitate to always go there for their partner, like by putting it on or you know dressing up the way they want them to, is because they feel like oh that you're not getting turned on by me, it's just the pantyhose, you know. And so I think that right. You, you saying listen, I don't do it all the time. I want to respect her boundaries. So it's not just about all my paraphernalia and all this other stuff. You know, I think that does help her. Exactly. And that is smart because I think sometimes you that's the pushback that you get. She does entertain it for you. And then you appreciate that, but you don't go overboard. I think the hard thing with this kind of fetish is that she's probably come a long way. If I was talking to her, you know, what's her history with us because it is a part of her life now because, you know, she married you and she's been with you this whole time. But, you know, because most people aren't attracted to babies, you know, so it's hard to say like, oh, I'm going to get hot and heavy and then we're going to introduce this whole baby thing. You know, there is this weird line there, right? I'm sure you talk about it within this community and there is that aspect to it, right? I'm sure you're not attracted to babies, yet you want to be a baby. So I think it's hard, though, for somebody else to toe that line. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: Absolutely. And within the community, that's always kind of the first thing that somebody thinks about when they're introduced to this fetish. Mm is like, oh, you know, oh, you want to be a baby, you're attracted to babies or or whatever, which couldn't be the furthest from the truth. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, getting you know, getting that idea conveyed and across, you know, is, is a slippery slope. But it's on an important side. One. But for for on for on my side, it's yeah. really not even a slope because there's nothing. One has nothing not to do with the other, right? right? But
1: it is important to talk about, right? Especially on this podcast, because I think a lot of people are going to be hearing about this for the first time. And so if that's going through my mind, just as a curious person, I believe that that's what's going through people's mind, right? That's why I bring it up. And like you said, that is the first thing that within the community that people always sort of need to get out in the open and get it, get past it. Because for you guys that are into this fetish, one has nothing to do with the other, but for people on the outside, they're going to put that together for sure.
2: 100%, Mm
1: -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. And so what is your like when you explain it or when people talk about it like that's never a part of it, correct?
2: Never. Right. Uh, never. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's just not a thing, but to the to the person that has never heard of it. Yeah. You know, it, it's not your standard kink. It's not, you know, everybody kind of everybody looks at kinks, you know, this kind of the standard is, you know, bondage, handcuffs, uh whatever pick a kink most people have kind of heard of heard of it not everybody has heard of the adult baby so it it does have kind of a shock value it does have kind of a shock factor to it and that's the first place that people go and it it shouldn't be the first place but it is and it's up to it's up to us to dispel that dispel that thought Uh, because really there's there's nothing there there's nothing to it
1: Right, so that's why I Um, thought it was important to talk about, for sure, because other people are going to be thinking that you want to make sure that people know that this has nothing to do with that. But it is a kink. It is a turn-on for you to be the baby in the situation. It's more about you babysizing yourself, right? I don't know what the correct word is. But it's more about you being the baby or you being sexually stimulated while being a baby. Is that what it is?
2: That's correct. Mm Mm-hmm yeah it's it's just it's a kink i've had the i've had the the kink if you will for so long yeah you know it 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 plays into just kind of every day as well i can enjoy it without it being sexual mm-hmm. you know if i come home for lunch and and eat lunch i can i can wear a bib and it's not sexual but it's just enjoyment oh
1: that's interesting
2: I, mm-hmm. I i i just enjoy wearing a bib and when i'm done eating i take the bib off and I put it away and then I go back to work. Yeah. But then there's other times where my wife and I are playing and I pull a bib out and I put it on and it puts me into overdrive sexually and then when we get done playing, you know, just like many other fetishes or or whatever, they get taken off and put in the drawer and it's back to it's back to normalcy. But over the years, baby the A B D L community kink fetish and stuff have, has really grown, uh, and it has an online presence that has really taken off kind of in the last five to ten years, there are you know, specialty diaper companies that, that, that sell adult diapers, the adult size diapers that have you know nursery prints, nursery print characters, nursery themes, baby yeah. themes. Mm-hmm. There's several retailers that, that do a very good business. Selling adult-sized, you name it—diapers, pacifiers, bottles, onesies—all uh, the things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something that has grown, and the online presence has grown, and and uh, and I think it's it's coming a little bit more out of the shadows.
1: Where, now, can you direct people? Because, listen, you know, the, a lot of times people are finding my show because they're Googling for specific things. Now, can you, if, you know, someone has found this episode because they're into this and they want to know more, maybe they haven't found that whole online community, do you have any advice on, for them as w- where to go?
2: Uh, well, there's, so for, for myself, uh, obviously there's, A presence on FetLife. Okay, Uh, but more recently, but more recently, there's a huge presence on Reddit, and if you just search, you know, the ABDL slant, R slant ABDL, or just search ABDL or adult baby, uh, there's a huge there's a huge presence on there. There's so there's an age play and diaper fetish reddit page and there's 51 almost 52 thousand people that are following this page right so i would say it's i would say it's a a pretty decent sized community and there's there's everybody from young young to old boys and girls i would say i would say as a whole there's there's more males into it as fem- than there are females uh-huh. but i think that is changing Mm-hmm. And and more and more, you see more females in the community. And on Instagram, if you type in, if you search "ABDL" or "adult baby" or "diaper lover" or anything like that, there's a number of profiles that you can find on there. Just a regular Google search, you can Google "adult diapers," "adult baby diapers," or whatever you know, you want, and and that'll return many links to, like I said, the retailers that sell the diapers and sell, sell all the things, the pajamas with, you know, baby designs and prints, nursery prints to onesies and bibs and everything
1: yeah i know you when you found my podcast you had emailed me and like i don't see anyone talking about this on your show and i was like the only thing i did have was i did have a guy on recently dylan and he was into diapers and it was such a fascinating episode to me because he was really able to explain you know when that seed was planted in him And why he was into diapers because of what was going on at the time. you know. And you have to go listen to that episode because it's really fascinating. So those early memory things are always so interesting. Because you were even like, oh, I I do get into other things besides bibs. But for some reason, bibs are the main thing. But really, your main memories of when you were a child, the only ones you really spelled out were all bib related.
2: Yes. And I think that's just a function because that's the first thing I found. I think that if... Had had the memory as a child been centered around a diaper or something, you know, that would have been, that would have been the focal point. I remember when I was in college, I specifically remember the time I was shopping at Walmart and it was, you know, for my weekly grocery run or whatever. And I was in the, I was in the cosmetics, not the cosmetics, like the health and beauty aisle getting some deodorant or whatever. And I rounded the corner and I kind of bumped into this little display and it was a display of Depends diapers, sample packs. And they were just little two packs or, you know, little squares with, with two diapers in it. And I looked and I looked and I didn't want to be the young college kid that was seen by, you know, the public looking at a package of Depends diapers. So I took a stroll around the aisle and came back. And finally, you know, worked up enough courage to put the sample package of Depends in my cart and made sure to, to put it underneath all the things, you know, in case I ran into somebody I knew they didn't see that I had a package of Depends samples in my cart. And I bought those. And again, the, the diaper was kind of the next thing in line from the bib. I wear, I wear diapers couple times a week now again the bib was kind of the first thing that i found but diapers kind of have come in as a close as a close second and i enjoy wearing diapers i can wear a diaper and and not get sexually aroused it's just something that i do or i can be in a diaper and i can look at diaper you know content on the internet and it goes into the sexual category
1: yeah it's fascinating and then for my for my
2: wife you know if a few times a year, she agrees to, to wear a diaper, to let me put a diaper on her. Uh, that just, that's high speed, you know, overdrive sends me into a, into a, a sexual attraction like you wouldn't believe. Right. So it's, it's a lot about me being in the fetish, but it's also about, you know, seeing her in it as well.
1: So, and, and most of the time people with the fetish have both i would assume they not only like to wear but also have their partner i think so mm-hmm. yeah i think so right it's funny i'm thinking like i have i watched this reality tv show and there was once the one of the girls on it was to, she was like drinking a baby bottle in her bed and <laughs> she's like you know a grown ass adult and it was just funny on the thing, but I, now I'm thinking, like, maybe she has that. You know, who knows? Like, why was she drinking a baby bottle? It could be that thing, correct? Like, do you have a, does a baby bottle come into play in this fetish as well? As well?
2: I do have uh, baby bottles and sippy cups. Mm-hmm. They don't really, they you know, it's it's not kind of an, a, a principal attraction, but I have them and I've used them, you know, kind of when I'm in role. And I I do enjoy them. It's not something that is at the center. I do have uh, several pacifiers that, when I'm in in the baby space in the baby head space, I do enjoy the pacifier probably uh, much more than than I would bottle.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, oftentimes,
2: mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just like I'll take a pacifier with me if I'm on a road trip, mm-hmm. and I'll just. I'll just put the pacifier in while I'm driving down the highway. And it's just something that I enjoy. It's not something that at that moment is sexual or, or anything in nature to me. Again, it's just something that I enjoy and that, that, that I do.
1: Is it a comfort? Is it a security? Is it a, you know, what kind of feeling do you quote unquote enjoy about it? If you Can you put it into words, like, or one word of what that is besides enjoyment? Like, is it because it makes you feel calm? Does it make you feel protected?
2: Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to say, you yeah. know, using comfort or, or security. It's just something that, that brings me, The it, it brings me peace. It brings me calmness. It brings me enjoyment. Yeah. So it's, it's something that I just, it just, I just enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know it's hard to describe. I just I just enjoy it as as the thing and then it's also, you know, when the time is right and and, and I'm de- you know in the in the mood for for it to be the object of a sexual fantasy, then then it's that as well.
1: Right. Now, do you ever act out and do this kind of stuff like behind your wife's back because she's not that into it or have you been completely monogamous and you keep it all with her. I mean, does she know that you're on FetLife and what do you do on there? Is it just talking to people online? Are you meeting people?
2: I don't, I don't really actively mingle and go out and, and find people and talk to other people. I'm, I'm more passive in, in my online presence. I just kind of go and see what other people are doing, see what other people are saying, mm-hmm. etc. So I, I'm not really Active in that sense, I wouldn't say that I do it behind her back because there's nothing. She knows that I like wearing bibs. She knows that I like wearing diapers. She knows yeah. that I wear onesies, mm-hmm. and she also knows that I'm a guy and that I masturbate and my sex drive is about a hundred times more than hers.
1: All right, and so mm-hmm. it's
2: not some. It's not something that that I feel that I'm hiding from her anymore. Mm-hmm. Initially, before. Before she found it, it certainly was something that I hid from her. And early on in the days of, you know, immediately, and I I guess time is kind of relative here, you know, the few years after it was discovered was probably kind of behind her back. I have seen a pro mommy, and she doesn't know that I've seen the pro mommy, but I have a mommy that I've seen on multiple occasions and done sessions with. Um, so I would say she doesn't know about that.
1: Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. There's pro mommies out there. I
2: there there are. They're just 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 like any other, you know,
1: fetish, like a dumb, dom, right? Or...
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there there's a very obviously it's kind of a a small and 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 specialized segment, but there are ones out there that specialize in adult babies and I found one particular one that uh, that's kind of her specialty and the sessions and, you know, they involve diaper, diaper changing. You know, she has a, a specialized adult size crib, adult size changing table, adult size high chair. And the sessions are just all based around you being a baby and she being the mother and, you know, how you want to, how you want the theme of the session to be, whether you want to be, a bratty baby and get punished or, you know, if you want it to be soft and cuddly and lullabies and nurturing, you know, that's kind of up to you and and how, how the, the session plays out. But, you know, there's lots of different ways that it can go for me personally, one of my favorite things, obviously, you know, kind of tied to the bib, which was the, again, the very first item of, of attraction mm-hmm. she has an adult sized high chair right and so for me the ultimate is you know being put in the high chair you know have a have a bib tied around my neck and and being fed like a baby and it's just a it's just something that is just the ultimate for me it's the ultimate experience
1: right
2: for me you know during the sessions I'm not so much of the caring and nurturing I'm more of the hey mommy's going to be strict and I'm going to get punished and keep mommy from feeding me the icky baby food or whatever. So mommy has to put my hands in handcuffs and keep keep me away. So that's kind of more where I like the, the session to, to steer and, and less of the nurturing, cuddling time.
1: Well, it does go back. I mean, you know, I hate to stick on those memories, but you did bring them up. I mean, it does go back to that... Early memory that is what you're recreating. That was why you got put back in that bib. It kind of was a punishment, and 100%
2: yes, yeah.
1: So it would maybe make sense, you know. And I wonder, I, I talk about this a lot with my hosers, the pantyhose guys. That you know, is it the seed like was the seed always there? Like, are you born with that? And then these situations come up and then that seed is watered and it grows. And then, you know, and then you keep feeding it water as you move on. The more you think about it, the more you focus on it, the more you jerk off to it, you know, and then it becomes this full-fledged thing. You know, I wonder, I'm not a therapist. I don't I don't know the answers to those questions. Do you know, since you, this is your kink and your fetish and, you know, you you're really in touch with that online community. Do you know what they say? Is it something, do they believe it's something that you're born with? And then these things happen and that's why you remember those memories because th- that it triggered it?
2: I don't know. I don't have personal, you know, friendship relationships with with really anybody in yeah. the community. Again, yeah. I'm just kind of a, I kind of passively lurk and stuff. But from what I've seen, I would say it's kind of, it's kind of 50, 50. There's the people like myself that, that for some reason it's, they've just always had an, an attraction to it. Maybe they can explain it. Maybe they can't, doesn't matter. Yeah. But then there's also some people that say, Hey, I had a boyfriend. I had a girlfriend, you know, whatever it is, five, seven years ago that, that he or she was into it and they introduced me to it. We've since broken up. But now I'm fully into it, mm-hmm. and I not only like playing the baby role, but I like playing the mommy, the daddy role, and it's just something that's taken hold. I I would, I don't know, maybe fifty fifty. There's probably there's probably a, a breakdown, a statistic out there somewhere, fifty fifty, sixty forty. I don't know exactly, yeah.
1: mm-hmm. but I would
2: say that a good that there's a good percentage of of people that are like me that that had this and, you know, just through time and, and getting further down rabbit holes on the internet have discovered that they're not the only ones. And, and that, you know, as I said, as, as kind of the community grows and comes into its own, you know, there's things that, and shops on the internet that they find and they find other people that are into it. And it just kind of takes on a life of its own and it takes hold and it takes roots. And the next thing you know, you know, there they are.
1: Right. And maybe if they were never turned on to it by that partner so many years ago, they would have never but I, realized. But I think there mm-hmm.
2: is there is one common theme that I've seen over and over and over again, in that a lot of people think they're literally the only person in, on the planet right. mm-hmm. that has this feeling, and then they discover that they're not via the the internet and their iPhone, and then it's just after that moment it's kind of off to the races.
1: Right, right.
2: You know. They yeah. uh, they just discover it and, and they're like, Yeah, this is me and I'm not the only one, so I'm not as weird as I thought I was five minutes ago. And and they're ordering a, a case of adult sized nursery print diapers.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I mean you lived around be- in a onesie. Right. You lived as both people you lived as the person who had didn't know that there was this community out there and you thought you were the only one and now you're not I mean I think that it must be very you know it lifts a lot of the shame that goes with it probably before you know that there's other people and I think that that's really important because it's not like if you did even if you didn't know that all these other people like this that it would have just gone away it, But it would have been, there would have been a burden attached to it and it, it would have, you know, so I think it's super helpful to know that there's other people and probably makes it more enjoyable because, like I said, there's no shame attached to it. You could release all that kind of stuff that doesn't really need to be there and just enjoy it if that's your thing.
2: When I discovered it, you know, on the Internet in 19... 19- 98, I think it was, I would spend hours and hours and hours on the internet just looking and going down rabbit holes and finding, you know, that, hey, this guy is just like me. He likes to wear a bed or, hey, this person over here, you know, is really into diapers. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just something that, that it was like a a whole world had opened up. And it was comforting to know that, hey, these feelings... That I've been wrestling with in my head. I don't. Normal is probably too strong of a word for it. But <laughs> right, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know, the only crazy that that is like this. Right. So that was comforting.
1: Yeah, I think that that's really important. That's why when you email me, I'm like, oh, I'll definitely have that on. And that's why I started my Fetish Fridays because I do get people um emailing me with all these specific kinks i have a whole bunch of them already taped you know and it's not like because they're so niche you know it's not like i could it's not they're not as downloaded right as my other ones but i do think it's important to put them out there because i do think people will find them Who need to Besides other people like me Who are just curious And want to know You know I do want to know Whether you're born with it or not Like that kind of information To me is interesting Because it's not something That I'm into as a kink But it's interesting to me Like the psychology behind it You know but I And so I think people Will be interested in That aspect of it Like I am But there's going to be people That are going to find An episode like this And they're going to feel like Okay I'm not alone I get emails from listeners All the time That say that So I think it's really important That you came on I think it's great I think the right people will find this episode and then like I said there'll be a lot of curious people like me that'll be listening just to learn about it because you know I have been doing my show for over seven years and I have never had this specific specific fetish on so thanks so much for calling in and talking about it and sharing your story is there anything like do you have a reddit that you want to give a shout out to or anything like that or no
2: I don't think so it's just, okay uh, there's so many there's so many things out there that you know, with just a little bit of internet Google. searching, you can, you can find. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and if you want to comment, make sure though, uh, Trevor, that's what we call it, right? Make sure to go to YouTube and look over there. Cause that's where people will be commenting. Thank you so much for calling in. It's really interesting. And I never had somebody from this community on, and I'm, i it's great to, to have it because I think it's important.
2: Yeah. And just one last thing. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned that I've gone to see the, the mommy, you know, on multiple mm-hmm. occasions. I, I texted her. We, we kind of keep in, in contact just as a cordial basis and told her that I was, you know, considering do the, doing this. And she said, oh, I think that's great. And she said, you know, tell the host if she ever wants to, you know, get my perspective or my point of view on it. You know, she'd be more than happy to, to go on as well.
1: Oh, that would be interesting to center my information. I would love to have her come on and talk about it for sure.
2: Okay, I will.
1: All right, awesome. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks so much for calling in and sharing your story and emailing me in the first place. Have
2: a nice... Absolutely. Have a nice day.
1: You too. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous.
0: do you have a story lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone to anyone or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show well strictly anonymous wants to hear from you